So yeah, two weeks ago we were out at Jester Park, and um, man, yeah, there's a couple of tears in the room right now, aren't there? Um, that was beautiful. And, and, and what I loved about it is um, just that invitation to, to follow, to belong. And um, I think Megan's mom just like, hey, I, 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 wanted, I mean, that was not planned. We, we had no idea. I don't think she had an idea. I don't think Megan or, or Kevin knew um, till then. So that's pretty special. So uh, we're going to be talking about community this morning. Take a break from uh, Romans just one week. Next week we'll be back in Romans 12 again. But talking about community, and, and that's community right there. Um, I, I think, um, yeah, I think what happened, um, community draws people to obedience, draws people, sets an example, uh, and it's beautiful. So um, one of the things that, that we desire as a church is that every person here at Crossroads um, be part of a community group. We have these community groups, and um, we want you to be part of one. Because we believe there's, there's beautiful things that happen there. And as Jason said, you can, you can write on your response card, hey, I want to be part of a community group. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet at the back um, with the golf stuff there, right on there. And, and we're going to do our best to, to plug you into a group. And um, if that group isn't a fit, um, tell us, and, and, and we'll, we'll try to plug you into another group. And, um, but I think after like the fifth or sixth time, the common factor is you. And so, no. <laughs> but... but um, it's our desire that you'd be in a group, and, and we want to find a group that works for you. So uh, God created us for community. We were created for community. I mean, and it's, it's part of the design from, from Eden. Um, God looks at Adam, it's not good to be alone, and, and, and He sets the world up for us to, to, to have kids and, and community and, and, and to populate the world. He designed us for community. He designed us to be amongst other people. Um, last week, as, as Jason was talking in, in Romans 12 about the body, um, how, how we are, we're all members. We belong. We belong to the body. And all the members are different. And um, I, I'd mentioned last week that a, a friend of mine's um, daughter-in-law has just been going through this deal where the, kind of the, the kidneys are being rejected. Or I'm not sure who's rejecting who, but like we need every organ. And just how that has made, made us so ill. Um, the body, we, you belong, you belong, um, you're needed, you're part of the body. Um, and, and you might be something, part of the body that's not as visible or not as, you know, presentable, but we need every single part of the body, okay? Jason said something else that, that really got me thinking is like, when we, when we accept Jesus Christ, not only do, do, we, do we get salvation, but we also accept the rest of the body, okay? So when we, when we say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, we're not alone. There's this, we kind of join these other people that are doing the same thing. So when we, when we belong to Jesus, we also belong to His body. And so it's a package deal, okay? You cannot sign up and say, hey, I'm Jesus, I'm going to follow you, and, and kind of think that it's going to be you and Jesus and that's it. No, Jesus has us... Um, surrounded by the body, by other believers. And I was thinking about that quite a bit, like, how many of us sign up and, and we're like, okay, Jesus, I love you, but man, 
these other folks, you know? Everyone's looking around the church like, yeah, what about them? But, but I believe Jesus uses the body, the people around us, to, um, to really challenge and shape us and change us. So I was thinking about the disciples, um, you know, because Jesus doesn't call individual believers, but He calls us to a community of faith. He did exactly the same with the disciples. He didn't just call one disciple and go, all right, I'm going to build into you and we're going to change the world, you and me. But He called a whole bunch of them. And the call to follow Jesus is extended to, to multiple, multiple people. And I was thinking, how much did the disciples' lives, their story, think about their story, how much did their story change because of following Jesus and then everything that they experienced as a, as a body, as a, a band of disciples, everything that they did together. And I was thinking about it. I think the disciples needed each other. Because, man, Jesus put them through some stuff, okay? They experienced so much. And I think they needed each other to help process and, and, and just talk about some of the stuff that they saw. I mean, like, seriously, did you just see what Jesus did? I mean, wasn't that guy dead just a little while ago? Like, and, and what about the storm here? Am I losing it here? I think those disciples needed each other um, in, in a big way. But think of their stories. Think of their life story. Um, you know, our, our lives have a story. It's kind of a plot. And, and then Jesus invites us into His story, and our story changes. Think of how much the disciples' story changed. The, the characters around them changed. Think of James and his brother John, sons of Zebedee, sons of thunder. Um, they're kind of boisterous guys. I'm, I'm sure they thumped some people as fishermen. But they were, that was their story, is that you know, they were in this fishing business with their dad. And Jesus comes along and says, follow me. And they, their story changes. And, and they become part of Jesus' story, part of the gospel. That's the story we're talking about, the gospel. And, and, and these guys, what would their life have been like if they just stayed fishermen? What if they had just remained with their dad, gone like, uh, sorry, Jesus, that's not part of my story. You know, I don't want to hang out with you, and I definitely don't want to hang out with Peter. We know Peter. Uh, and, and that guy is a redneck, and no way. Sorry, not in. Because these guys spent three years together. They got to know each other well. But what if James and John had said, no thanks, and, and, and walked away? How would their story have been different? Think about all the things they experienced. Um, just, you know, the, these guys are from different backgrounds, different gifts, different strengths, and, and they're thrown together in this band, in this, this group, and they're with Jesus, but they're with each other. And everything they did together, they, okay, guys, now you're part of this of the story. You're part of the gospel story. But think about as they try and process the miracles. Like, what happened here? Did I really see what I saw? Um, did you, I mean, hang on, where did all this food come from? You know, like, what's going on here? As they just process and question and, and, and relive some of those things together. How about the teachings? How many times did one of the disciples say, Jesus, that's a really hard teaching? And they would have gone and spoken to each other like, can you buy into that? Like, do you think Jesus is okay here? Yeah. 
And, and they would have shaped, and, and as, as um, iron sharpens iron, they would have shaped and molded each other and influenced each other. And because of that, their stories are different. Because they accepted Jesus' call to follow Him and to be in this body, their stories are different. The outcomes of their stories are very, very different. Imagine the cross. The disciples um, watching from a distance. Peter's denial. The information they shared. We, we don't know what happened. Um, I mean, I'd love to chat to these guys one day and say, okay, so after the crucifixion, where'd you guys go? What did you do? What did you talk about? What was that conversation like after the crucifixion? Who reminded them of, of the promise that Jesus said He would come back to life, that the resurrection was part of the story? The guys on the road to Emmaus, what happens when they figure out that Jesus is alive? What's the first thing they do? We've got to go back and tell the others. We've got to go back and tell them there's this desire to share life, to share the story with, with these men that they've been so close to. There's this burning desire in them, man, we've got to go back and tell them the story. Um, I think there's some amazing conversations in there. I do think about also um, those who didn't follow. I think about the, the rich young ruler. Jesus you know, they have this conversation and he's like, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? They speak about following the commandments and then Jesus challenges him and says, I want you to give it all up. I want you to give up all of your wealth. Give it away and come and follow me. I've often wondered about that man's story. How did his story end? How did the rest of his life go? Did he walk away from this opportunity, not only to follow Jesus, but to, to hang out with the disciples and, and be amongst the crowd to see miracles, to see the resurrection, to be there at Pentecost? I mean, whoa, you want to talk about amazing? Let's be together at Pentecost. And, and, and the Holy Spirit comes, and you've got tongues of flame, and, and folks are speaking in different languages. Imagine that sense of community and that sense of oneness there. That rich young ruler missed out on that. He missed out on following Jesus and possibly salvation, but he also missed out on all that went with that, all the community, all the conversations, all the experiences. He missed out on that. He opted out and he said, I don't want that. I think he missed out on a lot. And so... His story remains unchanged. He kind of wrote his own story and said, no, I'm not going to follow Jesus. And so uh, the, the friendships and the conversations that he missed out on, um, the debates, the arguments that he missed out on, he missed out on being part of the greatest story. And we're not called to that story as individuals. We're called to that story as a community. And so we as a church here are called to that story. And I want to encourage you um, to say yes to Jesus and to yes to what goes along with that, and that is being part of the body of Christ. And I, and I believe that's here at Crossroads, um, but it's also in community groups. It's in small groups. I believe those two work together. Um,
Yeah. I think that rich young ruler's life would have been very, very different. I mean, imagine him just all in um, amongst the disciples there, you know, just calling his friends and, and just everything he would have got to experience, okay? So today, um, we have a common story, the gospel, and we, we share that story. We belong here. Uh, the gospel is our story. And, and so I'm, I'm glad that, that that's your story. But um, another, another thing, that, so community gives us this common story. Not only does it give us a common story, it gives us a place to share our story. Okay, because each one of you has a story. Each one of you has a past. Each one of you has experienced things, has seen things. Things have happened in your life. And community gives you this place, this, this holy and sacred space to share your story. I don't know if you've ever been around someone and, and, and they've shared their story with you and you just felt this connection because now you know their story. You know where they've come from. You see, our, our default setting is if, if we walk into a, a, a group of people, we kind of look around and, and our default setting is, man, those people are weird. You know, they're, they're just different. Um, and, and, and we make these judgments based on appearances. And I, I think that's our default setting. It's like, eh, eh stay away. And, and so our default is almost to just stay a little bit away. But then when we, when we get to hear someone's story and get to, to understand why they are like they are, they're quirky. I mean, look around the room. We're all pretty much quirky, Okay. Um, and we all have a story, but when we, when we take the time to invest and get to hear each other's stories, it starts making sense. And you go like, okay, now I have some empathy. I have some compassion. I understand a little bit more. And I, and I have far more grace. Um, yeah. So my question is, who knows your story? Who knows your story? And my prayer is that there are people around you who know your story, who know part of your struggles, who know your joys, who can laugh with you and cry with you, people who know your story. Every now and again, I, um, through fire department and stuff like that, I, I, I get to hear someone's story, and afterwards, I have guys coming up to me and say, I've never told anyone my story. And I'm, I'm like, at first I was shocked, but it hap it's happened so many times that I'm like, yeah, the world just doesn't operate that way. They don't get together and tell each other. No one listens to your story. Ah, suck it up. You'll be okay. But we all have a story, and, and, and of the body of believers is this place where we can share our stories in a safe and grace-filled place. Um, I was thinking a lot about, uh, we've done a series on the book, True Faced, and it talks about these two rooms, the room of good intentions, where everyone just puts on this, this mask and this face, and, and no, one, no one shares their story, no one shares who they are. There's no community there. Yeah, they're in the same room, but, but there's no community. And then there's the room of grace, where the stories are shared, and, and grace is extended. You see, because I think what happens is when, when we get to share our story, when, other, when someone shares their story with me, 
there's kind of this normalizing that happens. You know, someone comes along and says, um, you know, life's been hard. Marriage, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're working through some stuff. You know what happens when I hear that? I'm like, oh, thank God, I'm not the only one. <laughs> okay. You know, hey, having kids, raising teenage girls, that's, that, you know, that can be hard sometimes. Oh, good, I'm not the only one. <laughs> and, and, and our stories, when we share our stories, you go like, okay, I'm normal. I'm not the only weird one in the room, okay? I mean, look around you. We, we all have a story, and, and when we share our stories, we encourage and we exhort each other. We can encourage each other and go like, we've been there. And, and yeah, your story is different, but man, this is our story, and this is how we, how we came through it, and how God was faithful in our story. Um, I'm, I'm going to share something. I'm, I'm a little bit off key here because I'm like, yesterday afternoon, so we're going um, next Sunday morning, we're flying to South Africa. Okay, and so I got everything prepared. I mean, we got everything. I'm a, I'm a detailed, organized person, okay, most of the time. Um, and we've got our flights printed. We've got, I mean, we've even booked, um, we've got like 10 hours in London. We've booked like the Heathrow Express from uh, Heathrow to Paddington Station. I've got it all booked, everything. So packing all this, getting this all together, um, go down and get passports because, you know, you need to have passports. I'm going to organize where I'm going to put them and everything like that. Go into this box and I'm like, in, in my mind, okay, this is how my mind is, um, yeah, we'll be. Weird there, but in my mind, there are three, there's a the little stack of three American passports for my daughters with a rubber band around it, okay? And I, I go into, we have this little firebox, and I go into the bottom of it, and they're not there. I'm like, oh, I'm sure we, we, you know, we got them new passports in November. I'm sure they're there, and I can't find them. And then I'm like, did we get them new passports? Oh, no. So we have these little folders and all their, you know, all their stuffs and their birth certificates, blah, 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 blah and, and passports are all in there. And, you know, Chloe's, oh, yeah, she's good to go. Hers expires next year. Rachel, because we went a couple of years ago, hers expires like in three years' time. Sarah's opened it up. Hers expired in 2012. So we're flying next week, Sunday, and she doesn't have a passport. Um, I mean, that's... Uh, okay, so here's the cool part. My wife's very gracious, and it's all figured out, okay, we're, um, she's actually driving up to Minneapolis this afternoon, and, um, you know, I'm praying, and you go on the website, and you get all this information and all of that, and um, God's very good to us. You go through this whole phone maze thing, and you've got to get a, um, an appointment to get a rushed passport, and you go through, like, you know, seven different levels of the phone maze, and finally you get to it where they say, the next available appointment is, and there's this kind of, like, wait before they can get the machine to think and look when the next available appointment is. The cool thing is it's Monday morning, 9.30, so that's, yeah, whoo. <laughs> um, but we need community to, to share our stories and to check us as well. That's the other thing is sometimes our stories um, kind of drift from God's story, and that's where we need community. Because um, I'm like, man, I, I think I'm losing it here. And, and just, I chatted to a couple of folks, and they're like, no, you've got options. You can do stuff. And, and people come around you. And I, I had to get a notary public. How do you get a notary public on a Saturday afternoon? Like, okay, you know, library doesn't do it. The city is closed. You know, called UPS because they do it oh, only Monday through Friday. But hey, we know someone who knows someone. And so there you go. Saturday afternoon, they're stamping their stuff, and it's cool. 
We need community. And we need community to help us stay on track, okay? Because, and that happens here at Crossroads. We've had folks, um, I think it's all of us, to, to a different degree and different level, where, where our story kind of starts wandering. We start kind of getting a little bit off key. Maybe we start thinking that, you know what, um, this whole parenting thing isn't really for me, or this whole marriage thing isn't for me, or hey, this, you know, uh, I, I, I can do certain things, and, and it's just okay. And, and I'll, have you ever done that? Your mind kind of starts just drifting away from truth, and you, you find yourself a little bit just away from where you should be. And it's our community of believers, it's our body of believers who comes around. And, and, and we need to be doing this. We need to say to folks, hey, you've got to get back on track. You've got to get back to the story. You've got to return to, to what is true. So we're part of a larger story, the gospel. This community, this body of believers is a place where you can safely share your story and this last point, I want you to hear this in a graceful and gentle way. It's a place where we can check each other's stories, where we can, we can kind of go like, hey, I think you're missing the plot here. That's not how your story ends. That's not how it should work out. And, and call people back, calling them back to the truth, to the gospel, to the central story, to the, the story we're part of. I believe that's why community is important. Because we're part of a larger story, because this is a place where you can share your story safely, and because we need to check each other's stories. We need to help each other to make sure that our stories are, are, are lining up with God's story. So I want to encourage you, if you're not part of a community group, and I'm going to be honest, community groups are awesome, they're also messy, Okay. Because when you, start, when you start sharing your story, you're going to be surprised. Other people's stories are just as messy as yours, okay? And they're messy, but they're beautiful because community groups come around each other. They help you when, when you have a need. I think that's the most beautiful thing is things happen. You know, I remember Scott Stetzel. Um, they, had, they had like a windstorm go through them, and it was their community group that kind of gathered around them. And, and different folks from the church, and just help them. Um, Steve Dean, Joyce is in your community group, and, and you're helping, fixing her plumbing. Um, that's what community groups do. We get involved in each other's lives, and yeah, sometimes it's wonderful, and sometimes it's all beautiful and sunshine, and other times it's dark and it's rainy. But we need to get involved in each other's lives, and I, and I believe community groups is where it happens. So, um, I did want to read, I got off key here, um, yesterday just kind of got me all flipped out. So, um, Solomon puts it this way, this is supposed to be the main point here, Ecclesiastes 4, um, I mean, you guys know this, it gets preached at weddings, um, two are better than one, Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 through 12, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls down has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken.
yes, that refers to marriage, but it also refers to community. Um, it refers to a band of disciples helping each other through the greatest moment in history when God Himself came to earth. Uh, it, it speaks of, of a church supporting each other, um, being there for each other. When, when folks are deployed or, or folks are sick, um, meal trains, that's what Ecclesiastes is speaking about. That's what Solomon's saying. Folks, you cannot do it alone. Um, there are people in this world who try and do it alone, but it, it takes some sacrifice to say, you know what, I, I am needy, I don't have it all figured out, and I cannot do this alone. And so to invite other people into our stories and then to, to help other people with their stories, it's very mutual. You think, you know, you're going to start sharing a, a community group that, hey, I have this need, and, and, and you're, you're blessed, and then later on you get to bless someone else. It happens that way. So I would encourage you to take community very seriously. When you signed up, when you accepted this call to follow Jesus, it was a package deal, okay? You got Jesus and you got us, <laughs> okay? You did. Amen. Amen. And I'm glad I got you guys um, because I need you guys and, and, I, and I believe it's mutual. Um, there are times where you might need me uh, and, and need those people around you. So I want to, the body of Christ does need each other. And so um, I want to encourage you, uh, community groups, please sign up. If you're not part of one or if, um, if you're part of one and it's, it's just not working out for you, um, you know, pray about it, check your heart, see what's going on. Um, please sign up. There is a form in the back. There's a, um, in, your, in your bulletin, there's a response card. I'm just right on there. Um, I want to be part of a community group. Now, if this is something you've been telling us for the last two or three weeks, please say it again, okay? I, I have been getting that information, but um, this week now we're going to try and kind of plug everyone in. The other thing that I, I just want to mention is if you have been praying about leading a community group, if you feel like, okay, this is something God's placed on your heart and you're not sure about it, we're going to meet as, as, as community group leaders. We're going to meet um, straight after church. And this is not open to everyone. This is just if you want to lead a group. We're going to be meeting in that room right over there. Um, you're welcome to join us, okay? Uh, we're going to meet for about an hour. Uh, come join us, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there, okay? We're not going to force you to lead a group or anything like that, but if God's been speaking to you, it's a great time just to step in and say, yeah, I want to explore more, okay? I want to pray for us as a, as a community. Jesus, thank you that you, that you call us. You call us uh, into salvation. You call us into eternity. And Jesus, thank you that we're not going to be alone. Um, we're not alone now as we respond to this call, but we get, get community. And, but Jesus, thank you that we're not going to be alone in heaven. That I'm, I'm looking forward to, to being fully known, to knowing you fully and being fully known um, in eternity. Thank you that we will be among the saints. We will be together with, with other people. And Jesus, yeah, there'll be no sin there, and so it'll be awesome. But Lord, even now, here and now, we get to be part of this community. And Lord, we know that um, Crossroads is not perfect. Um, not one single person at this church is perfect except for you. But Father, I pray that uh, you would give us a desire and a passion and a, 
a longing and a yearning to be part of community. Jesus, would you speak to us about community? Would we make a commitment to, to follow you and to, to be part of the body? Jesus, would we share our story? Would we be willing and, and gracious and risky to share our story, to share the things that you've um, brought us through, our testimony? Because it says by the, by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb, we will overcome. Jesus, would you help us also to, to gracefully um, correct and exhort and encourage others in their story to, um, to help them back to your story, the gospel, to encourage and, and, and challenge. Um, when Jesus, each one of us, it's easy for us to to be led astray. We know that we have an enemy that wants to separate us and, and lead us astray. So, Father, I pray that we as a church would be bold about um, gently and gracefully and humbly coming alongside each other and always pointing us back to you, pointing us back to the truth of the gospel. Jesus, thank you for um, this video and, and, and the baptisms that happened two weeks ago. Oh, that's, that's just another beautiful picture. We're, we're baptized into this community. We do it in, in front of a community. This is not something that just happens alone, quietly. Um, but you, you call us to, to make a profession of faith in front of other people so that our profession of faith would impact and, and challenge and call out others. And Lord, we, see, we saw that so clearly on Sunday morning a couple of weeks ago. So Jesus, would we be an impact in our community? And, and, and Jesus, we'd, we want to take that a step further. Would we as a church here, as we as, as Crossroads, would we be a shining light in our community, our larger community, our, our cities, the, the, these areas that we live in, our neighborhoods? Father, would we have community as a strong, strong value? And would we sacrifice and give up much to, to be part of this community that you've called us to, Jesus. And Lord, thank you. Thank you for your body here at Crossroads. Thank you for this beautiful body that is um, gracious, kind and caring and humble. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this all in your name. All God's people said, Amen. 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 Thanks, guys.